0: We do want to welcome our online viewers and listeners this morning. It's great to have you with us. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, we want to encourage you to stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Would you guys put your hands together for our online listeners and viewers? And Jason, it's all you, man. Love you. you. Appreciate
1: it. Thank you, Adam. Well, I'm encouraged this morning to see Adam and Liz up here because I know this church has been through a lot lately. And hugging Gary maybe a little too hard a little bit ago. <laughs> But thank God, God is faithful, right? You know, that semi-truck, whatever, you're, That cra- I, I was supposed to meet with Adam that morning, uh, and uh, he told me about the car, car uh, crash that you guys had. But God is faithful, and I know uh, the death in the family has uh, been difficult, but thank God that we have victory in death. Amen. That death has lost its sting, and I hope you have that hope. I hope you believe that hope. I hope you believe this book, the Word of God. I want to jump right into it. My wife leaned over to me. She's like, you know you only got 30 minutes, right? And I was like, yep, I know I got it. Adam already told me, so I want to to get right to the point. If you would, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. So he told me to talk about marketplace ministry, and I believe this verse in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, really sums it up in five words. It's very clear, very simple. So when we say marketplace ministry, really what we're talking about is verse 7, Matthew chapter 10. It says, and as you go, preach. And as you go, preach. It's pretty clear, right? All right. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So when you go and when you preach, you're letting someone know there's hope. Hope is within your grasp. It is right here. And as you go, preach. But let me, before I get in, I'm going to give you two things that I think hinder us from effective marketplace ministry, effective preaching as you go. I'm going to give you two things, but before I do that, I want to lay the foundation. I remember we built a detached garage about five years ago, and it seemed like forever just to get the, uh, the, the foundation done. And then all of a sudden, when the sticks went up, boom. I mean, it was quick. It was done. We have to lay the foundation first. And here's the foundation in the Christian walk. I mean, there's lots of things that are the foundation, right? But it's this book. So the command right here in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, is very clear, right? Jesus talking to his disciples, he says, and as you go, preach. That's what he says. It's clear. Let me ask you this. Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe that what this book says is true? Because here's what belief looks like. You know the the scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, what? Believeth. See, believe is not just knowing it because you. a lot of you maybe have grown up around this. You've heard it all your life. But to believe, listen, is to commit. Belief is a commitment. And do you believe this word? In other words, are you committed to this word? Psalm 138.2 says, you have magnified your word above all your name. You're hearing that? Amen. This word is true. It is living. It is powerful. It is active. In 2 Kings 22 something interesting happens. It says, Hilkiah the high priest, he goes to, I believe, Shaphan the scribe, and he says, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. That's interesting because evidently what had happened, it had been lost. And unfortunately today, most churches in America, I won't say most, I don't know, but I know that a lot haven't just lost the Word of God, they've gone the complete opposite direction and they are preaching heresy that sin is okay, sin we can tolerate it, we can manage it, we can get by with it, but it's not. We've got to believe this book. And in order and I believe Adam is a man of the Word of God. and it has to start there. That has to be the foundation. Um, I'm going to probably get in trouble for this later, but Isaac's my oldest son sitting over here and he's in a newfound relationship. Uh, Only been a few months going into this, but I want to ask you a question, uh, Isaac. Um, Let me ask you this: Have you ever written something? Well, no, not written. You don't even know what writing is. Texted. You ever texted something to your close friend uh, that was maybe had you know sweet nothings in it? You ever sent something, Amber, very sweet? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Um, Have you written her a love letter yet? You you done that yet? Has that happened? Yes or no? 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 Okay. It's probably good. That would have been a little too, little too quick for that. Well, let me ask you this. Has she, ever, has she ever written something very sweet to you? Yes, she has. Did you read it just once? Did you look at it? How did it make you feel? Good. It felt good, all right? Listen, when we, you probably know where I'm going with this. Here's when I understood this. When I was about 20 years ago, my brother gave me a Bible. And right before Genesis 1-1, it said, Dear Jason... Then he flipped it all the way back, last verse in Revelation, love God. This book, we need to treat it like that. When we get a love letter, something from our, uh, our spouse or anybody, when we, we see that, we don't just read it once and then throw it away. We usually keep those, right? And we read it over and over and over again. In college, God convicted me, you need to read through this word every year. And that was when I was in school, and I got on that path. And a couple years later, my mom, who's 78 now for the last 20-something years, has been reading the scripture through with me. And we have to know this book because when it's in you, it will come out. It is a love letter. And I mentioned before, this book is powerful and active. Quick story. When I was 11 or 12 years old, this just shows the power of the living word of God. And we know Hebrews 4 says that. It it pierces even to the division of soul and spirit, what, joints and marrow, you know, this book heals. Now listen, God raised Lazarus from the dead, but I do like to say that Lazarus after that still died. This, this life, 10 out of 10 people die, but God does want to show himself to us, and he does that in big ways, in little ways, in healings, and all kinds of things. But when I was 11 or 12 years old, my grandmother, I was waiting for my grandmother to come pick me up. I don't know where we were going to, probably to eat lunch or shopping or something. And my mom was cleaning the house. I was sitting on the couch. I grew up going to Lake Norman. My granddad owned a, owned a lake house, Lake Norman. Grew up, you know, water skiing, doing all that. My childhood was here. I'm one of the few from Charlotte. Um, no one else here probably is, is from Charlotte yet. All right. Oh, a couple. What's that? generation. Oh, man, that's amazing. Unbelievable. And a lot more are coming down, but we welcome that. Lake Norman, uh, if you don't know, is pretty dirty, right? And so I grew up getting a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, swimmers ear. I, th- I think all three of us kids had swimmers ear all the time. I'm sitting on the couch, uh, and I'm waiting for my uh, grandmother to come pick me up, and I go, Mom, my, my ear is hurting. I had it almost every summer, just bad earaches, bad earaches. And I told my mom that. I said, Mom, my ear is hurting. You know, my, my grandmother's coming to pick her up, and I didn't really feel like going. So... Uh, she put her vacuum to the side and walked over and sat on the couch with me, and she just prayed. She said, Lord, I just pray, you know, in the name of Jesus that you would heal Jason's ear. Lord, by the power of your spirit, whatever she said, she prayed for healing for my ear. So she gets up off the couch, and it's about, you know, a 12-foot walk back to her vacuum. Well, on the TV, she had, and uh, a lot of you probably know, remember the 700 Club? It still airs today, and the Pat Robertson Son, I believe, has taken over that. But I remember the lady's name, and I remember because this was an impactful, this was a, a, a moment in my life that obviously I'm ter- telling about it, you know, 30-something, 40 years later. And Danuta Soderlum was one of the ladies. They were having that word of knowledge where they pray. They just go back and forth and bounce back, and whatever God gives them, they pray. And before my mom even exited the room, Danuta Sotolim said, Lord, there is a right ear being healed right now in the name of Jesus. My mom literally just got off the couch praying for the same thing. And I remember at that moment, boom, the power of the word of God. And that obviously, as an 11 year old kid i didn 't really know what was happening, but I did, I did understand, and I felt the peace, the overwhelming peace, unexplainable peace that came over to me it 's the power of the Word of God, it brings healing that wasn 't even the biggest miracle. The bigger miracle, I think, in my opinion, was six months later that was in the summertime, six months later, at my church we 're having a, a a time of uh, sharing it 's a new year 's Eve night. And I was like, mom, I'm not, mom, I told my mom and dad, I'm not going to share. I can't get up. And it was, you know, uh, probably a few hundred people. I'm an 11, 12-year-old boy. I'm not going to get up and talk in front of everybody. Well, the youth pastor got up first, and he was sharing about his trip to, you know, Togo, West Africa, whatever he did. And before he got up and shared, he said, we're going to have, you know, Tony come share, and then we're going to have one of the kids, Jason Dellinger, is going to come and share. And I was terrified. Kids, you ever had to get up on stage? All right. A lot of people are more afraid to publicly speak than they are to die. And so, so it is a real thing. It is a, that's a true stat, I believe. You take a poll, you, you'll find out that's the same. So I remember sitting there in the seat. And I was like, I look at my mom and dad. I was like, I can't, I'm not going up there. And so my youth pastor, I was preaching in the middle, he was, he was sharing his story. In the middle of that story, the same piece, this is what blows me away. The same peace that I had when I was sitting on the couch, when God healed, healed my ear, he said, I'm still here for you. <laughs> I, I was, I was more, I'm more nervous right now today than I was then. I was 11, 12-year-olds, had to get up in front of hundreds of people to share that. But God gave me that same overwhelming peace. This word is true. This book is true. So my question is, have you lost the word of God in your life? Wow. If we don't establish that, we can't get to the next step. Have you lost the word of God? In your life because we need this book it is our guide it's our roadmap we need to be like the men of Issachar the men of Issachar understood the times and knew what Israel should do for us to understand the times today we got to know this book because we're living in crazy crazy times it's confusing if you don't have a biblical worldview you're not going to know how to live get into this book Not every other day, not every other week, not every Sunday, but every single day. Let it become your daily bread where you devour it every day, and then what's in you will come out. And that's the next point, the first point. I think there's two things with marketplace ministry that hinder us, that hinder us. Number one, sin, sin. Proverbs 28.1 says this, the wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked man flee. When you're living in sin, when you're entangled in sin, you don't want to be bold. You're like, I can't do that. Look at me. And and sometimes some of that might be the devil, the accuser of the brethren, but sometimes it might be real. Like, you know you're not living right. Who am I to say this? So sin will, in whatever way, it will hinder you from speaking the truth. So, kids, you know what a lion is. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 30, describes it. It says, a lion is mighty among beasts, Uriah. He's mighty among beasts, all right? That sounds amazing. And it says, the lion does not turn away from many. How many times have you and I turned away from speaking the truth? Because we want to keep a friend, and we don't want to look like an idiot or feel like an idiot or whatever. Be like a lion who does not turn away. So sin entangles. Sin entangles. And sin usually works little by little. Sometimes it just, it gradually gets worse and worse. I like the illustration of uh, you ever go out and you rake your leaves Or you pick up an axe. You know, this is not something you and I do every day, but every once in a while we might do it, right? And what happens? You rake or axe something for about 30 minutes. What form's on your hand? You get a blister because you're not used to doing it. You don't have gloves on, and all of a sudden you get a blister. Like, ah, that hurts. And sometimes early on, when the early stages of sin, it's like that. You get that blister, right? And God convicts you and you respond to it. But if you don't turn, if you don't repent, here's the, here's the danger that your heart will become hard and callous. And what used to hurt, what used to convict doesn't hurt as much anymore. Oh, You've gotten, you've gotten by with it a little bit. And so that sin grows a little. It, as long as I don't get to this point, then I can manage it. You can't manage. You can't tame sin. Sin, when it's full grown, the end result always is death. Little by little, it does that. Galatians 6, 7 tells us this, says, Do not be deceived. Yeah. Do not be deceived. You mentioned this scripture a little bit, or at least something you said. Do not, be, do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. But he I think I made that backwards, but he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life sin entangles that's why the scripture also commands us not to resist temptation because i'm not strong enough you're not strong enough to resist temptation what does it say do flee you run from it you get as far away you do whatever is necessary to get away so you're not tempted from that uh, to uh, embrace that sin the best illustration i can think of uh, remember the movie Fireproof, the Christian film Fireproof, and when Kirk Cameron, he is, you know, he's got that sin, that, that sin that keeps coming back, that habitual sin, and I would say this, that a lot of men, these, it, I would say 80% or more are wrapped up into internet pornography. It is an addiction, but there is freedom. Some, some men don't think there's hope or there's an escape, there's a way out, because it is at our fingertips. It's so easily accessible. The adulterous woman, she lurks at every corner, but it is. You can get free from that. You can. I promise you, you can. And I remember Kirk Cameron in that video, and that's, the, that's what his struggle is in that movie. And he's looking, at the, uh, he's looking at the computer screen, and, you know, it says the adulterous woman, she will allure you with her eyes. And you see the eyes come across the screen. And he's tired of it. He's sick of it. And sin does that, right? The way of the wicked is hard. You know, the, the narrow road is also difficult when you follow Christ. It's a difficult way. But the Bible also says the way of the wicked is hard. And so you get to a point, sometimes you're sick, you're, you're fed up with the sin. And that's what Kirk Cameron did. He got fed up with it. Then you see that, you know, it was the big old computer monitor. It wasn't the nice flat, flat one, but he picks it up. Remember that? He throws it out and then he takes a baseball bat and just starts beating it. That's how we got to be. We got to flee temptation. We cannot hang around it, hang around it or we will fall sin entangles sin destroys so you want to be bold like a lion and the way to be bold like a lion is to get clean to get right you want to walk in repentance repentance is just a one time thing and you can call it sanctification too that's another word but you got to walk in repentance you know i feel like in my life and hopefully you feel like there's always room for repentance right there's always room for repentance Proverbs 28, 13, so here's an answer for you. It's very clear, and I know you know this. It says, he who conceals his sin shall not prosper. Now, let me translate that for you. He who conceals his sin shall not prosper. (laughs) Pretty straightforward. But whoever, twofold, confesses, speak the same as, agree with God that it's sin. All right. Sometimes we don't like to agree with God that it's sin. You know, we justify it. We excuse it. Whoever confesses and forsakes his sin shall find mercy. But sometimes you're like a little bird trying to learn how to fly and you might fall back into it. Listen, keep flapping those wings. Keep seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. You keep repenting. You keep walking and you keep struggling until you keep falling out of that nest trying to fly, trying to fly. One day you will soar above it. Just keep repenting. Keep after God pursuing that. In Joshua chapter 7, you know the story of Achan. And when you hear that name, Achan, you know, if you read your Bible, you you you, you ultimately think, you know, he gets a bad rap. And because he did something very awful. Remember, they they weren't supposed to take any of the spoils in that battle. And Achan decides to, he sees, a, I think, a, a robe, a garment, and some shiny stuff. And he, desi- he decides to take that stuff, even though they weren't supposed to take anything. And in Joshua chapter 7, I want you, or Joshua chapter um Yep, Joshua chapter 7, Joshua says something to Achan, I think that's really interesting, and it, 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 it shows us what we need to do when we repent. It says this, My son, I beg you, this is Joshua telling Achan, Give glory to the Lord God of Israel. Can you sin and bring glory to God? Not in your sin, but can you sin and then bring glory to God? yes. That's what Joshua tells him. Give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him. That's Proverbs 28. Make confession to him. And then he says this, and tell me now what you have done. Confession's twofold, I believe most of the time is twofold. Who do we need to repent to? God, obviously. Their sin, God. His Holy Spirit touches you right where you need it, shows you where that sin is, what that sin is. You know what that sin is. He says, get right with me. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And there's also another part of that is confession to man. Joshua said, hey, bring glory to God, not just by confession, confessing to him, but confessing to me. All right? A lot of husbands, you know, I, I do this a lot, I feel like. We've got to make things right with our wives, wives with your husbands, kids with your mom and dad, or kids with your siblings. We've got to confess to each other there's freedom in that. Repentance is not just toward God, but it's also towards each other. Judas, you know, Judas, he, well, I don't, I don't know if you want to call it repentance, but when he went, he just... You know he, I guess it was sort of a confession, throwing his silver, but he never repented to God. He thought there was no hope. There's breath in your lungs, there's always hope. There is always hope. Sin entangles. Sin will rob you, strip you of your boldness. Second thing that hinders us from preaching the truth, and I'll share my story really quick preaching the truth is the cost, what it costs you. It costs something. There is a price. But what's the scripture say? Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow after me. In 2004, I decided to get in the insurance business. And I remember uh, sitting there with uh, two other guys, and the, our trainer said, all right, look look, look look, around. There's three of you. He said, a year and a half from now, two of you will be gone. Because most people don't last a year, year and a half, whatever. And I was like, okay, great. I'm glad I signed up for this, because it sounds like I'm not going to be here long. I made it two years, In my second year, uh, doing pretty good and just, you know, doing my thing. We got two kids at the time. Two kids? No, in 2006, we had three kids at the time, Isaac Sy Seth. So on my cell phone voicemail, I had these words after I, you know, gave my little spill about, you know, wh- whatever call, you know, the normal voicemail, but I said, God bless you. Jesus loves you. Have a wonderful day. Still got that on my cell phone, on my voicemail today. That was it. Friday afternoon, Stuart, my manager, calls me, said, hey, Jason, are you at home? This was two years after I'd been employed by Horace Mann. He said, Jason, are you at home? I said, yeah. Uh, What's going on? He said, can I come by and speak to you and your wife? I was like, sure. And I thought it was kind of weird, you know. Why well, on a Friday afternoon is my boss uh, wanting to come by and speak to me? So he comes by, we go on the back deck, and he said, Jason, he said, I've been putting this off for about six months because I know you. And he said, I know you're not going to like this. He said, my boss's boss is after him, and, I, and, my, and my boss is after me to talk to you. He said, if you don't remove Jesus loves you from your voicemail, we're going to fire you. That's what he said. Now, this is a, it's a small price. I'm not trying to make it bigger than it is but a small price, but it does cost something. And so at that point, and Romans 14 talks about disputable matters, because I had some people that actually worked for Horace Mann that would say, you know what, just remove it from your voicemail. You know, obey your earthly masters. When you disobey God, it's never okay to obey someone yes. earthly. <laughs> That's not true submission. True submission is entrusting yourself to God and doing good. And I knew that even though my authority said remove it, that I was going to be disobeying God, and I did not want to do that. So initially in my gut, I knew, I knew, and I looked at my wife, and I think you said, I have a feeling I know what he's going to do. I think my wife even said that. I knew in my gut that I could not remove the words, Jesus loves you, off my voicemail. And so I had people telling me that. And they would say this, something like this. They would say, Jason, just remove Jesus loves you, and then you can be an effective witness. You know, you'll have so many people you're meeting with and appointments and all this. Can you imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Hey, let's, um, you know what? Let's not... Let's, let's, let's bow to that big idol today. I know that God doesn't want us to, but we're just going to bow today so that, you know, tomorrow, then we can witness. When this is all over and said and done, then we can be an effective witness. Listen, you, can, I, you and I cannot intentionally deny Christ today so that we have an opportunity to stand for him tomorrow. He said, stand today, stand right now today. But it's going to cost you something. The Bible says that it's not great as your reward on earth, great as your reward on heaven. Sometimes it feels like we're pursuing that. But now I know there's blessings along the way. There's hope. There's joy on this journey. But it's also difficult. But it will cost you. It'll cost you family. It will cost you friends. It might cost you a paycheck. I remember having, I had, my, I had just completed after two years, my first two rollovers. And I was looking forward to those commissions. I was getting excited about it. I didn't get those commissions, small price to pay, but God, because of that, I mean, he's, he's, I've got all that back. That's not, I mean, God is going to take care of you. We don't need to look at it like that. In Exodus chapter 36, if I started reading Exodus chapter 36, 37, 38, and 39 to you, you would fall asleep. If you're not already asleep yet, you would fall asleep. But a few years ago, as I was reading through this, and here's why it's boring. It's the making, uh, the building of the tabernacle, all the measurements, the showbread, the, uh, The the gold lampstand, how much time do I got? I'm just making sure. I don't know. I I lose track. And it's all these things. And and if I read it to you, you'd be like, wow, this is boring. And I got through it all. But then the last verse in Exodus chapter 40, it's actually verse 33. After all this stuff, the work is completed. And then it has these five words. It says, so Moses finished the work. See, marketplace ministry is about the daily, being diligent in the mundane and in the boring, over and over and over again, being faithful. And it says, so Moses finished the work, but then it gets better. All right? It says, then. When? Then, after he finished the work, the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Then it wasn't until then until the work was complete. Sometimes we want the glory before we get through all the hard stuff. God says, Finish the work, be faithful today, and I will show myself to you. But then it even gets better, (laughs) and I feel bad for Moses. And maybe I don't quite understand this scripture fully, but it says, Then the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, and Moses was not able to enter. He wasn't, I don't know if that means he didn't get to experience that or what, but he wasn't able to enter. Great is your reward in heaven. We need to press on to the high call and the mark that Christ has set before us. All right? Because in this life, there will be struggles. Let's talk about that, the cost and the price. And I want to talk about practically how you can put, you and I can put feet to this, to marketplace ministry. How do we do it? How do we get to that point? Ephesians chapter 6 and Acts chapter 4 tells us exactly, it's about as practical teaching as we can get. And Ephesians chapter 6 is Paul. And Paul was, I mean, Paul took a beating multiple times for Christ, right? But he also beat multiple times against Christ, right? He persecuted people, Christians, believers. But then when he got saved, man, he was a different man. He was changed. Listen to what he, if if this prayer is good enough for Paul, I believe it's right for you and I. He says this in Ephesians chapter 6. He's praying for the saints, all right? So prayer, You talk about that. This will be a house of prayer. One thing, when you get together in the house of prayer, pray for boldness. Listen to this. He says, pray in supplication for all the saints and for me. That's right, he's praying for himself. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly. Open your mouth boldly. And I understand, lead by example. I understand that, but I also understand it says be ready in season, out of season. Preach the word. It says, and as you go preach, be ready. How will they hear if there's not a preacher? Yes, we lead by example, but part of that example, the main part, I believe, is using your mouthpiece that God gave you, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I told this to Adam yesterday because he was sharing me something that he was, he was talking to um, a doctor or something. He was, he was giving me a story about something that happened, and I told him this. I said, Jesus was not persecuted because he kept his mouth shut. In fact, usually when he kept his mouth shut, he was already being persecuted for opening his mouth and speaking the truth. So you will get into trouble. That's why it's called a narrow, difficult way. You will get into trouble, but you've got to be like that lion. You've got to be clean, free of sin. Be like that lion, speaking boldly, as, as Christ has called you to do. And, and, and uh, Luke, in, in Acts chapter 4, it says, Lord, look on their threats, and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Pray for boldness. How practical can you get? Pray for boldness, that you would speak the truth. I want to close with with a story. 2017, it was Bo Nickel from Penn State, Gabe Dean from Cornell. Uh, You probably never heard of those guys, right? Heard of them? Got Got, got a got a wrestling fan. I like it, and then you'll love this story. <laughs> but uh, have you ever watched that match? Yeah. You watch the match. I love I love you love what? I love ben state. He wrestled for them for a few years. Okay, see, I not yeah, He knows a lot more than I do about it. <laughs> but it's for the national championship, <clears throat> and Josiah. I just remembered that was. I think you and I were watching that. Like it happened to be on ESPN. And we, tur- and we just happened to watch it. One of my kids, we just happened to watch it. I just remembered that. I'm like, how did I even get turned on to this story? But I think it just happened to pop up. I mean, I'm not going around looking for wrestling uh, to watch, but I saw the national championship was a big deal. Well, Gabe Dean was 35-0 that season, 45-0, even the previous season, undefeated. He was the top dog. He was the one to beat. Bo Nickel was the underdog. And um, when I watched him walk out onto the floor, I was like, I even said that. That's right. I remember saying that to one of the kids, like, oh, I know who's going to win this, just by their appearance. All right? Sometimes we do that. We look at at Absalom. Oh, man, that is the man. He should be the king. But sometimes just by their appearance, we look at that. Because Bo Nickel was, uh, you know... he was in shape, but, you know, he wasn't cut to stone. He, and he's a little taller, I think, than the other guy, 184 weight class. But Gabe Dean was a little shorter, and he was like a bowling ball on steroids. He was, he was jacked, and he was – I was like, man, well, I think Gabe Dean is going to continue his undefeated season. 45-0 the last 45 matches well go uh, the the three rounds goes sure enough i believe the final was 4 to 3 it was a, that's a low scoring wrestling match right yeah low scoring wrestling match bo nickel comes out on top and he's he's walking around and he's just you know you see it, the 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 mom dad and his two sisters hugging and crying in the stands anyway he's walking around and he's uh, there's a reporter that's 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 trying to trying to get his attention, and 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 he finally does, and he says, hey, "Bo, can you tell me tell me who you're looking for?" And Bo goes, "Oh, I'm just I'm looking as he's as he's talking. He's like, I'm just looking for my mom, looking for my dad, uh, and my two sisters. They've been. With, I'm just so grateful that they're here. They got to experience this with me, and I'm just looking for the opportunity to, to talk to them. And just they've they've been on this journey with me, and I'm just I'm just overwhelmed with with this. And then the reporter says." Um, what was your mindset? So he wants to flip it to wrestling. He says, what was your mindset when you were in the locker room before you came out? And let me tell you this, no matter how people try to flip it, if you're walking with the spirit, the truth is going to come out. And that's what Bo Nickel did. He said, well, my mindset was this. He He said positivity, and he said gratefulness. He said, I was grateful for this opportunity. He said, I know that God gave me this platform So I want to bring glory to him by thanking my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, I know God gave me this platform. Listen, but I'll tell you this. Don't worry about your platform. It's not how many you influence. It's how you influence. And he did the grind. He did the work all those years, running stairs, probably spitting in a toilet to make weight, you name it. He worked his butt off for all that time. And then God said, just like he told David, go fight Goliath. And he took him down, and God gave him that platform. He realized his opportunity at that point was to bring glory to God. And in life and in death, what are we to do? Bring glory to God, right? Even when it hurts, you bring glory to God. Bo Nickel was raised up for a time like that, and he testified the truth that his, the all the glory went to Jesus Christ. See, it wasn't about Moses and the glory he was going to get. It was about Jesus and his glory. And we need to think that. And marketplace ministry needs to be that way, where it's not you know to make my name known, it's to make Jesus and his name known. So how do you influence? Who cares how many? If God gives you a big influence, praise God, be faithful. But sometimes it's harder to be faithful when you got a lot of followers, because there are a lot more people you're going to upset with the truth. But God is faithful. So let's pray. Adam, you want to come up? I just, uh, and I'll I'll, I'll give the the, the mic to Adam, but I just want to say this. I believe to get to the point, there's two things that need to happen. I believe some of you need to commit to reading the word of God. Doesn't matter how much, what you let God direct you in that, you know, we're not going to make this a legalistic thing. Well, I've got to do this. I like that because I know if I'm too free to read wherever I want, I won't be reading three weeks from now. So I got to stay on my schedule. And if that's you, you got to get on some type of schedule. But you need to get, you need to dive into the Word of God every single day. It is vital, it is the lifeblood, the Word of God. We need the Word of God in us. So you need to commit to that. And then, obviously, of course, a call to repentance. A call to repentance. All it simply means is change your mind. You want to be free? Change your mind. Repent to God. And if you need to confess to others, need to do that as well. We need to examine our own hearts this morning. So Lord Jesus, in your name, God, we thank you for your spirit, your spirit that leads us into all truth. We thank you for that. We thank you that we have this word of God. Lord, you didn't have to give this. We have an entire book to tell us, to help us. We have the Holy Spirit who is our helper, our comforter. Lord, we thank you all these wonderful gifts that you have given us. We thank you for the gift of repentance, God, that we can, at any moment, at any time, we can turn to you. We can walk with you. Lord, make us bold in the marketplace every day, Lord, and help us to help us to cling to the mundane and the boring and to be diligent because diligence is man's precious possession. We must own it. So God, I pray that we would own that in our own lives, that we'd be diligent and faithful to you. In Jesus' name.
0: Yeah, amen. Guys, can you put your hands together? Jason, thank you so much. That was amazing. You know, that was so in line with the vision of the church in every way because we're about knowing God. That's encounter, finding freedom. That's where you talked about getting getting things out of your life that are sin out of your life, things that are holding you back, finding deliverance. Then it's it's about uh, discovering your purpose, which happens through laying things down at the feet of Jesus, and then making a difference, and that's what we focused on today is going out and using our sphere. Guys, I want to say this. I'm, I'm so proud as I'm looking at social media. I'm seeing a lot of you with local businesses. I uh, won't mention any names that are just starting to give glory to God even through your businesses and using those tools, and I want to encourage you. God's given you a sphere. and He's given it to you for a reason. Let's use that, and I just want to pray, and let's just stand to our feet as, as we walk out, and as, as I'm dismissing, I want to say this father i just thank you right now over every person that's here lord that you would increase our sphere of influence and give us conviction and boldness that we would go out and reach people and connect them with you and encounter with you in the name of jesus if you believe that would just shout amen all across this room It was so good. Again, Jason, thank you guys and all of your family for being here. If you're watching online, we're going to be here again next week, 1030 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We hope to see you guys. You guys are dismissed. Love you. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc, and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you, and have an awesome week.